Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast, guys. Today we're talking about parenting, actually. We are talking about three keys to raising self-confident kids. And I gotta tell you, the other day I was doing some laundry, as one does, and I was thinking about how I love how my kids are becoming really self-confident people. And then it dawned on me that we do three simple things in our home that most people might be doing or might just need a reminder to do. And I wanted to share those with you guys. So listen, this is not rocket science. This is not like level nine parenting or anything like that, but this is a good reminder for you of what your kids need every day for them to become self-confident people. I don't know about you, but when we're cradling that newborn baby in our arms at the hospital, or if you're one of those, you know, goddess mothers who had a home birth, you're cradling that newborn. And the first thing you're thinking is not, I really hope you grow up to be really insecure. You know, we look at our little children, we don't really typically think, you know what, this is good. You're on the path to being really insecure in life and that's gonna take you places. No, we want our kids to be confident. I'm not talking about cocky or arrogant. I'm not talking about prideful or boastful. I'm talking about confident. I'm talking about self-satisfaction within them that they believe they can do the things God has called them to, that they believe they are inherently a good person and they have what it takes to survive in life. That's what we're talking about with confidence. And just truth be told, Kids need that. In today's day and age, kids need that more than ever. And I'm seeing this play out in my own kids. And so here's the deal. I just want to share with you three keys to raising self-confident kids. So, you know, if you're telling me as you're listening to this, listen, Rachel, thanks, but no thanks. I love my insecure kids. You can move on to the next episode or listen to one from the previous episodes. But if you're saying, you know what, I want to make sure that I am uh, at least doing the bare minimum to encourage healthy confidence in my kids, then this podcast is for you. Quick overview. Here's the three things we're talking about today. Number one, speak well to your kids and about your kids. Number two, let them solve some of their own problems. And number three, make honor a priority in your home. Now I told you this isn't rocket science. This is maybe like level one or two parenting. In fact, for most people, this might be common sense, but I know for me, I need reminders about this sometimes. And so I'm assuming you probably do too. So let's dive into number one, speaking well to your kids or, and about them. Listen, this is one of those topics that is really hard to have common sense in if you were raised in a home where negative talk and fighting was normal. A lot of us are raised in environments where it's just normal to call your kids names, to even jest names about them, to speak badly about them to your friends. You know, I've seen parents where they roast their kids to the amusement of their friends, like they're trying to get jokes at the expense of your kid. And although that might sound terrible for me to describe it like that, if you really stop and think for a minute, we're all guilty of it at some level. But if we wanna have self-confident kids, then we need them to understand that their relationship with you as their parent 
is the most safe place in their world. And that doesn't happen unless they know that there is safety in what they tell you and they know that you're going to speak well about them to other people and to them. Does that mean that you have to have perfect kids? Of course not. That just means that they know that mom or dad is a safe place for me to be my honest, real self. I have to tell you sort of an embarrassing story because one of the things that we cannot do as parents is name call. I know a lot of times when we are angry, especially if you have a quick temper, we can end up calling your kid a name and you don't even mean it and you honestly maybe even forget that you said it, but those names really do stick with them. They remember that kind of stuff, right? You remember that kind of stuff from being a kid. And so for me, I was really upset at one point last year and uh, just having a bad day and then, you know, just the parenting thing in general was exacerbating that. And so I was frustrated with one of my kids and I accidentally said, you're being a turd. And I said it in a very angry tone. And this kid, thankfully, because we have created a culture in our home where our kids have permission to call us out if we're doing something wrong, this kid looked at me and said, did you just call me a turd? And I said, yeah, I did. And I'm really sorry for saying it like that. I had no self-control over my words. Will you please forgive me? Because name calling is not helpful. Now that might be a silly example, but we can all think of times where we want to just be like, why are you such an idiot? Or you're never going to amount to anything in life. Or we condemn our child for not knowing how to pick up their stuff and we call them slobs or we do stuff like that. And we don't realize that we're honestly branding them with our words. Listen, our words have the power to shape our reality. In fact, whether you believe it or not, your words are shaping your reality. And so it's a good idea to just check yourself. Am I creating an environment at my home where I'm raising self-confident kids? Now, I'm not talking about the kind of thing where everybody gets a ribbon for participating on the soccer team. I'm not saying that you don't have hard conversations or that you don't bring up areas for growth or anything like that. What I am saying is when you do that, you do that in a way that is preserving your child's dignity because they are another human being, even though they are your son or daughter. Here's another piece of advice in the concept of speaking well about them. Listen, I get it. I'm a mom. I know there are times when we need to just vent about struggles that we're having with our kids. I know there are times where we need to get really honest about what's going on so that we can get good advice. You need to make sure that your kids are not within earshot of you when you do that. There is nothing worse than feeling like something is wrong with you because your mom or dad has to go talk to somebody else about you, right? Now, your kid probably does not have the words or you know the brain power as a child to tell you, hey, that made me feel bad when I heard you talking to so-and-so about me, but I'm just telling you they're feeling it. So So check yourself again before you create insecure kids and just make sure, how am I speaking about them? Am I speaking well when I'm speaking to them? And am I speaking well about them? Here's one key that I use for myself in this. Always turn it positive at the end. So if there's going to be a difficult conversation, if there's going to be a frustration, make sure you land it in something positive. This really helps me even as a mom when I'm talking to my friends about things that are going on with my kids because it helps me remember at the end of the day, this kid is a blessing. This kid is a joy. Right now, that might be the farthest thing from what I feel about them. 
but that's who they are. That is how God gave them to me. And so I'm going to remind myself because my words are going to shape my worldview. I'm going to remind myself that this little one is a joy to me, even though right now it might not feel like that. So that's number one, making sure that you're speaking well to your kids and about them. Let's go on to number two, letting them solve some of their own problems. Now, notice that I said some of their problems because listen, they're kids, right? Some things are just beyond their ability to uh, need to do. I remember reading the book, Loving Your Kids on Purpose by Danny Silk. And there was some things about that book I loved and some things that I really had a hard time with. But I had not really considered how important it is for our kids to receive some of the consequences of their own actions, even as a child. In life, in all of life, a lot of how we learn is by learning the consequences, right? We want people to like us so we don't do certain things. Like we wear deodorant because we've learned the consequences of how people respond to us when we don't. Consequences are part of a livelihood, part of our livelihood. And so our kids need to learn those. Now you need to ask Holy Spirit what types of consequences your kids can handle at different stages. For example, I bought a little prize box because right now we are attempting to potty train my two-year-old and the daycare is potty training her and she's doing really well there. And when she comes home, she has no intention of using the potty and it's been fantastic. Sarcasm noted. And so I bought this prize box and I thought, I'm going to try this out. So I put some M&Ms in it and a couple of little prizes, small things. And I'm like, listen, babe, every time you use this potty, you get to get something out of the prize box. And my thought process and my idea was then there will be a consequence for you. Like you will have to learn that you got to do something, you know, you got to do what I'm asking of you to get the blessing. And uh, OMG, when my daughter saw the box, which I had no intention of her seeing until after she pottied for the first time, um, she saw it without me knowing. And she laid on the floor and lamented for like 45 minutes because of the M&Ms. And I couldn't figure out what she was crying about. And way later we learned she was crying because she couldn't have the M&Ms right then. What did I learn? This kid does not know how to handle consequences yet hard lesson, right? But my other kids, they do know. So here's one of the things that we do in my house. Last year, we were driving to school and one of my kids says, mom, I forgot my folder at home. They got to have the folder, right? It's part of the thing. So I said, all right. We turned around and drove back. Two days later, another kid, I forgot my folder at home. This time we were already in the drop-off line, like where all the cars are. It wasn't time to go back. So I had to go back and I had to bring it inside. Now, listen, I had a one-year-old at the time. So I had to get I had to wait until everybody had cleared out of the parking lot, go back home, get my one-year-old out of the car, walk in for five seconds. The the whole thing was just such a mess. And I thought to myself, I'm not doing this again. In a week's time, we had forgotten three of our folders, which if you're noting, I had three kids in school at the time. So I set the kids down and I said, listen, guys, if you remember that you've forgotten your folder before we are out of the neighborhood, I will turn around. But once we are past this part of the street, I'm not turning around to get your folder. Oh, but mom, what if I forget it? Da, 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 da. I said, listen, you now know the rule. And so if you forget it, what you're going to find is that you don't get to take your folder to school. That might sound harsh. And I get that. I felt maybe a little bit harsh saying it because of course I want to be the kind of mom who's like helping their kids, you know, feel loved and nurtured and everything. But what I discovered was if I teach them that mom is their servant and like that they are mom's master, then that is not going to benefit us down the road in life. It's not going to benefit them down the road in life. They have to learn that even at six years old, seven years old, they have power over their world and they are smart enough to remember some of these things. And so 
only one or two times in the last two years have they not had their folder because they'll remember before we even leave the house or when we're still on our street and we can turn around with no issues. So in other words, let some of your kids or let your kids solve some of their problems. Boundaries in life are a given, right? There's going to be cause and effect happening around them. So teach them starting now how to navigate that. The other thing that falls into this that's really important for our self-confidence is learning the value of work ethic and follow through, right? Because we all learn later in life that if we can work hard, more opportunities open for us. So why don't we teach that to our kids starting now? As soon as they can learn it, why don't we teach that to them? Here's another example just from my own personal life. My kids, they're all, three of them are in school and they're in all day school. And so at our school, we do this thing called AR. It stands for accelerating reading, accelerated reading. And so what you do is you get points assigned to different books based on your level that you read at. And then you take tests on your comprehension of the book and then you get points. And the school rewards them for the amount of points they get by giving them like candy. They have like a cart that comes in with toys and prizes and stuff. And then at the end of the year, if they've gotten all their points for the whole year, they get to go to this special party where they do something really cool. So without fail, every end of the semester. So every December, one or two of my kids is like, I don't have my AR points. And I'm going, you read all the time. Did you not take a test? You've been reading, you know, but they didn't pace themselves and they didn't work hard on the front end. So they had too much to catch up on the back end. And I told them, I'm not going to help you to their complete dismay. And this is what I told my oldest. I said, listen, I've explained the process of what's happening here. I've given you opportunities to make choices to read instead of playing Minecraft. And you chose Minecraft. And so in your choice of Minecraft, you actually chose not to go to the party. And he's like, no, I didn't. I wanted to go to the party. I said, no, 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 let's back it up. You need to understand that you have the power of your choice to set you up to succeed in life. Does this make sense? And so what I'm doing is I'm instilling in my kids how to be self-confident, how to know that if they want to get great things in life, they're going to have to work hard. But the thing is, we expect our kids to emerge at 16 or 17 years old, 18 years old, and have this really great work ethic when we as parents don't like make them work as children, right? But it's not going to work like that, guys. They're not going to emerge at 16, 17, 18 with a powerful work ethic unless it starts at six, seven, eight years old. So that's my second key for you. If you want your kids to be self-confident, give them opportunities to take control over their own world. And that helps them get wins and it helps them learn the consequences in life, which gives them a feeling and a sense that they can actually achieve things in life. They can actually have what it takes to live a good life. Third and final category for us on today's episode is this, make honor a priority in your home. I cannot express this enough. Honor is so important. This is a biblical theme that so many of us just drop by the wayside. What is honor? Honor is choosing to see the good in someone and not stumbling over what they don't have going for them. Okay. Honor is saying, listen, there's a lot about you that I don't like. At least you don't say that out loud, but you might think it in your mind, but I'm going to focus on what I do like. I'm going to focus on what is good and what is working. 
When we do this, we create such a safe environment for our kids to thrive. So here's some of the practicals of what this looks like. You need to honor with the entire family, you and your children, you and your spouse and your kids to your other kids. The whole family has to come around the concept of honor. Why? Because if you don't, if one person doesn't, then the whole system begins to fail. So here's what this looks like. Again, our worlds, our words shape our worldview, okay? So when you allow excessive teasing in your home, when you allow your kids to fight with their words and really hurt each other with what they say, when you allow yourself to do that to them, when you allow them to do that to you, right? It's not just disrespectful. Yes, it's that, but it's not just disrespectful. It's even taking it another level and saying, it's okay to berate someone for what's wrong with them in their life and not celebrate what's right. Now, I'm not saying that life is always kumbaya or anything like that, but this is what we do in my house. And you know, I'm encouraging you to figure out what works for you and and in the meantime, you can borrow what we do. This is what we do. We speak highly of each other or we don't speak. And if we cannot find something positive to say, then you just don't talk. Now, I'm not talking about not having hard conversations or honest conversations. There's a time and a place for that. But if we're being overtly um, rude to each other, that does not stand in our house. We treat each other with kindness, with respect, and with honor because that's how God treats us and how God expects us to treat his other children. So it's not just this is your little sister and you're allowed to you know, nitpick her. It's so much more than that, right? It's this is someone else who is a child of God. And so it starts at a very young age, learning in your worldview to see other people as beloved children of God and to treat them accordingly. Listen, of all of these things, this one trait will take your kids so many places in life. Again, I'm not advocating for them to be doormats or for them to just always be like Pollyanna people who always look on the bright side of life. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying in our home, we will respect each other. We will speak correctly towards each other and we will not dishonor each other. That's just not going to happen. Is there a difference between teasing as a joke and teasing when it's hurtful? Sure. And you can tell the difference of that, right? And so as mom and dad, that becomes where you get to step in and say, listen, we treat each other with respect here. And if you don't have anything nice to say, then guess what? We expect you to be quiet. What's crazy about this is this has been this one thing has been a big standard in our life since we became parents and my kids do not bicker with each other really. They do bicker from time to time, but they are really kind to each other. Why? Because for my oldest, for almost 12 years, we have been consistently instilling this in him and he just doesn't even think like that. Sure, he gets mad sometimes, but even when he gets mad and he's going off the handle, he's not going to a super dark place with his words. Even my daughter and my other son who are, you know, seven and nine, they are also in the same boat. They have learned that there's a limit to what we say about other people. There is a limit where we have moved over into being too unkind with our words and we have to just tone it down or take a breather and come back to the situation. The beautiful thing about this is that this has been paying huge dividends in our home. Our home is so peaceful. And I think a lot of it has to do with these three keys. We speak well about each other. We let each other solve part of our own problems and we make honor a priority. So 
I hope this was helpful for you. I hope this is something that gives you a fresh perspective on your parenting and what's going on in your home. Again, it's not like you have to do every single one of these in the exact same way that I do. I just want to encourage you to be intentional about what you're doing with your kids. And sometimes it's good to have a little reminder and a little pick me up to see how am I doing in these areas. So if you have found that you're really struggling in one or all of these areas, here's my suggestion to you. You can change. You can. All of us can change. I know some of us, we just get into patterns of what we've always said, or this is what my parents have always said, and this is just how I am. Well, that's just an excuse, right? Because it's not just how you are. You have the power to choose if you want to be like that or not. And if it's harmful to your family, then you probably should change. How do you change? Number one, catch and correct catch and correct. When you find yourself speaking incorrectly to your kids, if you find yourself name calling, catch it, call it out, correct it. You know, have the turd conversation with your kid like I did with mine. Come back to them two days later if you realize it after that point and say, listen, you know what? I called you this and I should never have said that and I'm sorry. Because what we need to do as parents is not put the onus of our sin on them. They didn't do anything to cause us to be sinful, right? Or to be wrong or to do something incorrect. That was totally on us. And so when we apologize, we completely take responsibility for it. Could your kid have provoked you? Sure but you're the grown up in this situation, right? And so you don't put that on your kid and say, if you hadn't have done this, then I wouldn't have treated you this way. No, no, no. That is manipulation. That's not real ownership. So what do we do? We catch and correct. And then the second thing, this is so simple. We do it differently next time. That's it. Catch and correct it. Do it differently next time. If you forget the next time, repeat step one, right? It's not rocket science. I told you it wouldn't be, but I hope this was helpful for you. Until next time. Be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wartman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.